Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the iFeatures podcast, a series where we are documenting the journeys of 12 teams of emerging filmmaking talent from across the UK. Out of nearly 800 applications, a select few were invited to pitch their project to executives from Creative England, the BFI and BBC Films. And the successful 12 teams invited onto the iFeatures programme have since attended a series of workshops and residential labs, each focusing on a specific facet of the production process, with two story labs, a director's lab, and most recently, a producer's lab. In between, they've been continuing to develop their screenplays, as each team gears towards submitting final scripts to the iFeatures executives in just a couple of months' time. In this episode, we are exploring the role of a film producer. They are absolutely critical and crucial, and the producers that you're looking for aren't necessarily producers that will just tell you what you want to hear or just nod their head to you. They're people that you feel will defend their talent, have difficult conversations on behalf of their talent, and that have a real sense of personality and ambition and kind of voice themselves. As well as Creative England's head of film, Paul Ashton, you heard just then, we'll be hearing from Oscar-winning producer and head of film at Screen Skills, Gareth Ellis Unwin, all about his career journey and what top tips he's learned along the way. We'll also hear from film editor Chris Wyatt, as he shares his experiences of working with directors and the significance of the relationship with the producer. And of course, we'll be hearing more from a few of our filmmaking teams as they continue to develop their projects. All the teams have gathered at the Rich Mix Art Centre in East London for the Producers Lab, the final set of workshops that all of our filmmakers will attend on the iFeatures programme. Each of the previous labs has focused on a specific part of film development or production, but there's nothing specific about the role of producer. Over the course of the two days, the producers attached to each project attend a variety of sessions that will highlight the multitude of tasks and responsibilities that lie at the feet of a film producer. Former iFeatures executive Zorana Piggott takes the group through a session on film financing and how producers can go about getting their films funded. Another session sees Zorana joined by line producer Ema McMahon. Line producers are essentially in charge of the film's budget and schedule. Their session, all about budgeting for a film, took the teams through the key aspects of production that can affect a schedule or budget throughout a project. Which regional investment funds can we apply to? Where can we find private investment? How do we best pitch our project to market? Which market should we target? What tax credits do we qualify for? Does the film qualify as British or is it a co-production? How do we go about crewing for production? These are just a tiny fraction of the questions our producers will be looking to find answers to in the coming weeks. Now, all of these little details might seem pretty tedious and perhaps a bit boring, but they are essential pieces of wisdom that a producer needs to successfully oversee a film's production. And all of our producers are at different stages in their careers with different levels of experience. Some have held production roles on feature films before, but have never steered the ship as the producer until now. Some have produced commercials, short films, and even a first feature, but will always continue to develop the required producer's skill set. 
One of this year's iFeatures films is Here Before, which will be written and directed by Stacey Gregg. I spoke with Sophie Vickers, the producer attached to the project. Um, well, ours is a bit of an unusual project because we were, I think, the only team that came with a script. And I think all of the other projects were just at treatment stage. And what I think has been amazing and that iFeatures has really facilitated is, again, perhaps uh, unlike the other projects, Stacey has a lot more experience as a writer rather than a director. So really the focus for us and for our project has been of course, honing the story and honing the script and honing the characters. Um, and we've had a fantastic script editor that we've been working with. But in particular for Stacey, really finding the essence of the piece as a director and starting to think in a more visual language within the script itself. One thing that I've certainly noticed on the producers lab here is the sheer volume of things for the producers to consider and have to worry about there's so many moving parts has that helped sort of reassure and clarify how you go forward and your approach as a producer for your project I think it's enabled me to have a clearer sense about what is achievable at this budget level so that's both sort of daunting and exciting I suppose because being forced by the constraints of a budget to get your hands dirtier as a producer than you would at a higher budget level, um, I think will be beneficial further down the line um, when you understand those processes on a more profound level than you would if you were just making a short film or if you were making a bigger budget film where you don't have to get your hands quite as dirty. Do you feel like these are new disciplines that you're going to be having to learn working on a, a film which is probably going to be a budget of under a million pounds? Or do you feel like they'll be disciplines that you already have, but you haven't really had to utilise? Well, I think the big new thing um, will be, you know, Stacey and I have worked together in development for a long time, but we never made a film together. We never made a short together. And so I think finding our working relationship in pre-production and on set um will be really interesting and i've heard amazing things about what she's what stacy is like on set um and i'm just really looking forward to yeah going on that journey with her and i hope we don't become one of the many producer and director relationships that break down on a first feature uh, <laughs> hopefully our long-standing relationship will, you know, at least we know each other as people. <laughs> um, how are you communicating and fostering that relationship at the moment with her? Well, I think what's been really nice lately is we've, while Stacey is continuing to work on the script, we've really started um, sharing images and film references. Um, and that's been really exciting because, you know, your your language and your communication has shifted from from story and from character to, okay, the feeling and how is this film going to look and what is the tone of this film and what's it going to sound like and being able to talk in the language of specific films and specific images is incredibly eye-opening um, to me because I, I've had a lot of, um, I probably had some assumptions about what Stacey wanted from conversations about the script but actually talking much more specifically about the visual language of the film is 
it's completely different to what I was expecting. So has that got you starting to think about, you know, logistically how you approach the production phase of the film then as well? Are you starting to think about that now? And um, are there any steps that you've started taking in that pursuit? Um, well, I wouldn't say I'm thinking about physical production specifically, but we are definitely thinking about HODs and casting and those conversations have definitely shifted my view on DPs and the kinds of people that I now feel I'd like to introduce Stacey to, um, to shoot the film. All of our producers are currently in the midst of considering who they want to reach out to and fill the various heads of department roles for their projects. The producer needs to liaise closely with the writer and director to get a better idea of the tone of the film, the preferred ways of working and communicating, and then find people that best fit the mould. One of those roles that needs filling will be the film's editor, and it's a vital one to get right. I think the editor is in a privileged position of being the first member of the audience and as a member of the audience is the one person that can make a difference. So you are a conduit from the director to the audience. Your role is to work with the director to try and best help them explore the material, the film that they've shot and to give it the most accessible and interesting way for a viewer to respond to. This is Chris Wyatt, a film editor with 30 years of experience and has worked with some of the most respected filmmakers in the industry, with film credits to his name including God's Own Country and Shane Meadows's This Is England. Can you just tell us a little bit about how important the relationship between the editor and the producer is and how best a producer can help foster an effective working environment for the editor? A really good producer actually allows the editor and the director to spend their time making their own cut before coming into the room to watch it. In a sense, the producer needs to be your best friend and also your confidant in a way because their view of the film, if, if they choose to see it at the right time, which is usually after a, a director and editor have worked for a while, they give you the best feedback, probably more than anybody else, because they will have gone on the journey with the director for such a long time and so their view is actually really quite key and very valid. So I think a producer, a really good producer needs to obviously be um, across things on top of things but also allow the freedom and the flexibility for a director to spend that incubation time in an edit. And at what point in the life cycle of a film's production does the editor enter? Usually, and mostly, it's at the beginning, once the shooting starts, so you tend to spend the time um, on location, building your editor's assembly on a day-to-day -day basis as they're shooting, and then you will work with the director after the shooting is, is finished before you then start showing it to um, producers and executives um, further down the line. With that in mind, that sort of time frame in mind, can the editor's experience of receiving those first few bits of footage, can that help inform and perhaps steer the director's decision making as the rest of the shoot goes on? Again, it differs uh, director to director, and that's again one of the great things about editing. No, there are no two situations that are ever the same. I've worked with directors who are incredibly good at making fast decisions, and so like to see. Uh, the material 
almost not fine cut, but but really edited with the intention of what the scene or the the story will be, and will then make decisions while they're shooting to change what they're going to shoot next. Other directors tend not to watch anything at all other than rushes and don't want to see anything edited until the end. So it's a bit of both. It really depends on the director and the way in which they choose to work. But I've certainly had both experiences. Are there any key pieces of advice that you would give to producers who are perhaps starting on their first or second feature film? Um, I think trust, I think, is, is very important. And I think that the idea of trusting the key collaborators that are around you. The, the point about filmmaking as a whole is that it is such a, such a collaborative process. And even if you have a, a strong opinion yourself, and that's valid, I mean, strong opinions are always good, but I think always listen to your collaborators. You don't need, necessarily need to act on any of it, but it's always good to get somebody else's take on how something is going. And I think embrace a director's vision and, again, just work very closely with your collaborators. Working closely with your collaborators will naturally come easier to some than others. Some of this year's projects are made up of producers, directors, writers that have worked together before, while others, like Jonathan and Rochelle, have teamed up for the first time, specifically for their project, Avi. Well, we met and came together to work on this. And this is a luxury, you know, to have this time with someone to like it's such an important relationship yeah. it's like a marriage so it's nice it, it to have is, that time these are the this is the honeymoon <laughs> period we're we're just about to start writing the first draft so we we're still quite early days so it's an exciting time it's a exciting time yeah you know and i think for me being on the labs and being able to start talking about the kind of process further down the line once we have a script in terms of cast and some of the mm. hod's without you know pounding you with the pressure yeah but at least it's starting we're starting to kind of slowly think about next steps exactly it's more about building that relationship and Mm. that trust more than anything else because it's only going to get harder so it feels quite smooth sailing and you know it's a it's a nice process because we're quite early on Mm. so it's actually all the fun creative yeah talking about story exactly character rochelle and jonathan explain how the labs have helped reassure them in the face of what is quite a daunting amount of work ahead to produce a film. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me as a producer to meet other producers, and I think it's great that we're all on the same boat, so we've kind of started the journey at the same time. Mm. So it's been able to really kind of share notes and talk about progress and our fears and anxieties that we're all feeling, but in kind of slightly more open space. It's like group therapy. It's all these people who are neurotic and a bit nervous coming together sharing their stresses and kind of supporting each other. It's really nice and supportive. It's like a sort of uh, film anonymous. <laughs> Over the course of the two days, the iFeatures team had squeezed an impressive amount of content and sessions for our producer's benefit. Post-production supervisor Polly Duval talked them through the challenges and pitfalls of steering a feature film through post towards successful completion. They also had a session all about route-to-market strategies for debut and low-budget features. Led by sales distribution and exhibition expert Mia Bays, she was joined by a panel of representatives from Curzon Artificial Eye, the BFI and London Film Festival to explore the UK distribution and festivals landscape. And then a second panel joined to discuss international sales and festivals as well. Now, this topic in particular 
is something that we really would need a whole episode on. The variety of ways in which a film can be sold and brought to market is staggeringly vast. And so we actually have a special bonus episode all about this, which will be released through this feed next month. It's an interesting time for our producers in the life cycle of their films. They are learning that whilst scripts have not yet even been finalised, they're having to consider things like sales, distribution and getting their film in front of audiences. Before they can run, though, a bit of walking is required. A talk with head of film at Screen Skills, Gareth Ellis Unwin, explored best practices in preparation, production and crewing. Gareth is also an award-winning producer. Undoubtedly the most coveted of his achievements was winning Best Picture at the 2011 Academy Awards as producer on The King's Speech. I was able to sit down with Gareth after the session and talk through his early days in film production and what he's learned along the way. I'm Gareth Ellis Unwin. I'm currently the head of film at uh, Screen Skills, formerly the CEO of Bedlam Productions. We're here today at the Producers Lab and you had your first foray into production a little before you were a, a producer yourself. You started actually as an AD, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Has that helped with your transition into being a producer on a film, having sort of an empathy for other roles in production? Absolutely. I mean, I started off as an AD in 95 when I, I first graduated and had opportunity to enjoy a 13-year career um, as an AD, all the way up to the lofty heights of being a first and working on some significantly budgeted international productions. And I still think I carry forward, not just in producing, but just in life, some of the skills I acquired when I, I was an AD. I always used to joke that you had to be 50% about floor management, 25% the unit agony on and 25% a bit of a stand-up comedian to try and get the best out of out of people but I think the role of the AD really gave me the sort of the, the connective tissue of understanding how uh, a fairly disparate group which you know a film crew or a production crew is a fairly disparate group with different wants and needs and different ambitions and different backgrounds uh, and the AD department is the glue that sticks that all together uh, you know we have to be compassionate and understanding of the challenges that colleagues face and we also have to be precise with how we manage our activity and paperwork and those other things and you know keeping a, a well-spirited set is uh, is something that's very very important even even now in my later producing career I recognize that. Do you feel there is perhaps a, a greater sense of responsibility when you take on the role of producer on a film? Do you feel like there's a pressure to be the responsible adult on a uh, on a production? Well, I, I came in for quite a ribbing um, from a, a number of friends that were technicians and craftspeople when I did decide to make the move over. Um, they referred to it as I'd become a grown-up. Um, but I think it's a different set of responsibilities. I mean, something that I've always carried as a producer, uh, as, as a key responsibility, is maintaining that position where you're trying to define... The, the relationship between the creative and the commercial. Because as soon as you move onto a budget level that requires more than just whatever you can contribute yourself or you can draw together from friends, families or, or, or other forms, um, you know, you have to have a commercial responsibility to that money. So for me, the art of producing is the happy marriage between the creative opportunity and the commercial reality. Um, and, you know, that is throughout every form of, of filmmaking irrespective of budget or scale really you always have that relationship at the film's core 
What are some of the best practices for emerging producers when going into production on their first or second feature film? I think, you know, if I was trying to boil down what would be a fairly extensive list to two or three top tips, um, one, I always encourage active listening. Um, you know, people normally aren't bringing you problems just for the sake of it. People aren't asking for things because they think they can get away with it. People aren't putting pressure on you to make a snap decision um, because they like seeing you under stress. And unless you can be an active listener and take on board why and how and when people are asking for things, I think you are restricting your, your abilities as a, as a producer. I think the... The next top tip, and I was given this by a, a US production exec on a show that I was firsting, and I'd got myself tied in absolute knots about worrying about the next day's schedule. There was a big battle sequence, and he could see that I was still sort of sitting in the in the hotel bar in the evening, sort of downing the coffee and going over floor plans again and again and again. And he just said to me, look, better rested than prepared. And I went, Tony, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, look, you're going to stay up all night. You're going to redraft 10 different versions of that floor plan. You're going to then not have a full night's sleep. And you're going to be hitting set tired, agitated. And, you know, you're not in the best frame of mind. Um, and so he, he, he said to me, sometimes it's better to be rested than prepared. Because, you know, no matter how well prepared you are, no matter how much planning you've done, you know, things will come out of the, the, the blue and from left field. So I sort of encourage that notion of looking after yourself as much as the, as the production. And then the last one, and, you know, this I encourage people to be, and I suppose this goes beyond just being a producer, it's being a, an effective member of the crew, is to be a decent human. Um, I think in the, in the sort of the cauldron of, of production and when everything is a million miles an hour and maybe things are going supremely well, maybe things are not going so well, but you know, you're there as a producer and as part of a crew um, to be part of a team and to pull together at those times. So um, I always encourage people to sort of, you know, don't forget to bring a bit of humanity to set each day. Better rested than prepared is probably quite a nice... Um sort of lesson in balance and remembering that it's okay to feel overawed but perhaps not to, to, to let it sort of consume you. Yeah I mean absolutely it's important to make sure that you're looking after after your, your own mental health and well-being and, and that's where the sort of remain getting good rest is important but you know that doesn't come at sacrificing doing your homework you know um, I think that being prepared can be incredibly um, important in as much as being informed um, I think you know again that talks to that active listening um, aspect um, I would always recommend sort of just going one last time just over that paperwork that call sheet um, and just sort of making sure that you are as best prepared as you might because the thing is is that an anecdote that I was I was shared with a, an AED once. He referred to the seven P's, and the seven P's were perfect pre-production prevents poor principal photography. The idea being is put the time in in prep because that's when you are under less pressure. You know, ask those awkward questions. Don't push off those difficult conversations with director or cast or HOD. So use that prep time really effectively to get yourself ready for set because 
you know, not just looking at it as a negative, you know, not just looking at it as a, oh dear, you'll have a crisis if you're not well prepared, but you may miss an opportunity. You may miss that moment where, I don't know, the light's just doing something interesting on that particular shot and the DOP wants to go again or, you know, an actor's asked for another take and, you know, you're not quite sure why they've asked for it, but they're going to bring something special, just that one last go. And I think it's not just about negating the bad things happening. It's also about creating yourself little windows of opportunity on set to really sort of cherish and embrace um, those better moments that present themselves. And they do. They present themselves on a, on a film set. Gareth is now head of film at Screen Skills, an industry-led charity that works to make sure the UK screen industries have the skills and talent they need behind the camera. Formerly known as Creative Skillset, Screen Skills supports careers in formation, training and bursaries with voluntary industry contributions to the Film Skills Fund and National Lottery Funds awarded by the BFI. For more information on this and the work they do, you can visit screenskills.com. Well, that's it for this episode and for the labs that our filmmakers will attend on this year's round of eye features. But we aren't leaving the teams for too long as next month we'll be checking in with how progress is going as the deadline for submitting screenplays approaches in just a couple of months' time. We'll also be sharing some important information on applying for next year's iFeatures programme, so be sure to listen out for that. And, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, we'll also have a bonus episode, dropping into this feed next month, focusing on sales, distribution and exhibition of film, after we attended Market Trader, a development programme from Creative Enterprise designed for film executives and producers. Thank you for listening to the episode. I've been your host, Andy Johnson. If you'd like to get in touch about anything you've heard on the podcast or to share your thoughts on the series, we can be found on Twitter at iFeaturesUK. And please do leave us a review and rating on your podcast app as this really helps us to become more discoverable and then more people can learn about film development. Don't forget to subscribe to the series in your podcast app and then next month's episode will just drop into your feed when it's released. This podcast is brought to you by Creative England, a national body that invests in creative talent and businesses across film, TV, games and digital media to help turn ideas into reality. This series was created and produced by Tonality Media and hosted by me, Andy Johnson. iFeatures is led by Creative England and supported by BBC Films, Screen Skills and made possible through National Lottery funding from the BFI. You can find more information about the programme and this year's 12 filmmaking teams on the iFeatures and Creative England websites. <laughs>